All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Tuesday. The boys are back, baby. Welcome back. I got, I got back from a little vacation to California. Yes. Raja's here. Like we got it. We're, we've got a little more time off. Like before. We really get cranked up in yep. football season. Like this is the time. If you listen to any, you know, a lot of podcasts, I'm sure our listeners do. You listen to radio around. It's kind of vacation time. Guys are in and as out. you get ramped up, it's like slow. It's baseball. Football's getting ready to go where it just gets crazy. All yeah. of a sudden, you know, working six days. What are you trying to say about so. baseball? Well, you know, it's just, it is what it is. In the words of Tom Brady, who did his uh, press conference on his new contract, said it is what it is. Um, so we'll do that. We're going to get to a lot of stuff today. Freddie Kitchens and the, uh, the Browns is going off on leaks. We talked about that. John Wall had some interesting comments. He did a story. Yeah. Can I go off the rails real quick? I'm just, yeah, let's do it. You know, our boy, David Sampson, got into a lot of beef down here in South Florida. The other oh, he did. You're talking about like... There's no love lost we between South Florida and David Sampson. We were talking so about know. baseball uh, and made me think of David Sampson. And you were talking about he fired off something about like <laughs> someone should be fired at the Marlins Twitter account. Oh, really? Something that they posted. Oh, boy. And fans had a field day. With well, yeah, I, I would say there's no love lost yeah. uh, between David Sampson and the, the we should have local community. Maybe we have him on tomorrow. Is All right, let's do like, it. So we can, we have can him get him on. Yeah, yeah, I'd like Because you know the name of the show now. He wants to change it to Canel and Bell and sometimes Samson because he is he is one of our go-to <laughs> fill-in dudes and we have some fun so maybe we'll have to pull that off um did you know we are your source for basketball news podcast opinions um no we are number five on the iTunes ranking for basketball? of podcast for basketball word that's all you, man. Oh, that is all you. Job. You better go like ask for a raise. Port. Yeah, I'm ask doing for a my raise job. Right there. All right. No, it is pretty cool though. We appreciate the support. If you listen, we thank you and uh, keep keep uh, downloading, subscribing, all those things you do. Leave no those comments. Um, I am back in town. I had one of the most incredible experiences I've had in my adult life. Okay. Uh, you know how I feel about golf, Absolutely. right? Very passionate about it. You're in the same boat. I had an opportunity to go to Carlsbad, California, yeah. Callaway Golf Headquarters. Uh. So they had this. They asked me to come out there, and I got to basically go through this club fitting. Is it a campus? Oh yeah, it's a campus. Yeah, yeah. and it's in Carlsbad, California. Gorgeous weather. Right. You know the the hills, beach backdrop, and all that. So I go there. I actually got to bring my daughter okay. too. I brought my dad on the trip, who yeah. like got to experience it too. Pap. The best part about it, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what we call him. That's what my kids call him, Pap. I've called him Dad. The kids yeah. name Pap. So we get out there, and I put in my GPS. I put Callaway Golf. You know, so I yeah. go there. So we drive up, we're going, we get, it's like this headquarters, this big office. Go. I'm like, where do I park? Do I bring in my clubs? Because they said bring your clubs right. when you get there. So I bring in my clubs. My daughter has her clubs. We're traipsing through the lobby. Like there's this big check-in desk. It's like um, a corporate okay. you know, structure. Yeah, 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 sure. So I get in there and she's like, okay, sign this waiver. Here you go. So, and then she's like, no, what's your name again? And she's like looking at her list and she couldn't find us on the schedule. Oh, and I was like, like oh, uh, here we go. Like I hope this goes That's through, like my worst nightmare. You know? yeah. And then all of a sudden like the lights came on with her. Yeah. And she said, oh, you're here for then like she's looked at her schedule like you're like, a vip bro you're in the wrong yes. spot <laughs> i saw like some seven-year-old hack getting yeah. out like his clubs you're and like his weekend spot, warrior bro. stuff this isn't for she's you she's like you're at the wrong spot yeah so i was like oh really <laughs> so she's like yeah she gives me a little map and i go up the hill even further yeah like up around the mountain it's getting nicer yeah. less buildings uh-huh. you go there's a gated thing calling the call box like sure mr Canell, come up there go up there it is I really felt like a tour pro, like a PGA tour pro. Lucky. You get out. It's this range, the just gorgeous backdrop. There's music playing. Oh. There's like an indoor putting place. Right. There's a massive 
putting, chipping green like, over on like one Nirvana. side. Like it was like, Nirvana like, of golf. Yeah. And then they have the pyramid of golf balls with a personalized Danny Cannell oh. head up there. I had my own personal fitting coach who also, mad. by oh. the way, is Phil Mickelson's personal fitting coach. Making me so angry. I was like, hey, what's my ball speed compared to Phil's? You know, right, we're right, talking right. about all of it. And then after this, so after this experience, I got to play Torrey Pines. So how about the swing? Check out the swing. Uh, 15 on the north course, one nice of the prettiest courses in the country. Where'd that finish up? Well, see, this is the problem I had. And some people commented on this video that I posted to Twitter. It did go, it was about 10 feet past the cup. And you can hear there was a group behind us waiting. Okay. And the one guy was like, it's going in. It's going in. It was, it wasn't that close to a hole in one, but it went right over the flag. But what do you think of the video skills there? The uh, videographer? Yeah, very good. suspect. Who was that? That's Pat. No, this is my daughter. Oh, that's right. All right, all right. <laughs> she really thought it was important to get the sights and instead sounds. Of- <laughs> yes, instead of where the ball goes. And I was like, what right, are you doing? Right. You had to get it out there. So we got to play Tory Pines. Another thing that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So we go out there. So I had two daughters, both with me. Only yep. one plays golf. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to screw somebody over and have like two girls run around. So I paid for my other daughter. Even okay. We had clubs for her. She only hit probably 20 times. Um, but we go out there on the tee box. And uh, some guy comes running out. He goes, hey. He goes, I didn't, I didn't know who you were. And it was expensive. Right. Like, it's not cheap to play out there. Well, I was like 600 for the three of us. So oh, not like, right, not right, like right, Pebble Beach expensive, like, but it was yeah. still kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. So then after I paid, I go out to the tee box and this kid comes running up and he has like this thing. He goes, Hey, he goes, do you mind signing this for our celeb wall? Oh, so he, you're on the wall. But, yeah, so he goes, I'm putting you right up Ow, next to Andre Iguodala. Oh, <laughs> they were like, he was just here a couple days yeah, ago. That's all. So I'm on the celeb wall at Tory Pines. There you go. But no discount. Way to make me no jealous. You know what I did? <laughs> I was in a gym all day for four days <laughs> coaching, in, in coaching Hampton, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> basketball. Next time we'll get it together. All right, there you we'll go. We'll do a podcast live from the range there. The Did you wait? So what'd you wind up getting? I got their new irons, the uh, Apex ones. Like they're insane. Oh, not the black out ones? Oh, they're going to be they're, black. Oh, yeah. Some custom fitted uh, 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 wedges. Yeah. Saying they're might be right, eyes are too. A block, dude. I'll bring them in. All I'll right. have them as soon as I get them. We'll stock them right. A here. block. All right, bro. let's get to the show. Freddie Kitchens, head coach, new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. A lot of pressure on him with the expectations that sure. I think are kind of they're. I loved him early, and now I'm like, let's dial it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially when you hear some of the things that have gone on. He called out Odell Beckham. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been out there calling dudes on the trade block, and now Freddie Kitchens comes out. And he held a press conference when he basically said, I'm tired of leaks within our organization, right? Those anonymous sources, people giving information to writers, sure. um, TV people, whatever it is. He said, quote, the days of inside information and the days of unnamed sources and stuff like that have ended. So you're not going to get any information like that ever, anybody. And if I ever see it, they're fired immediately. And that's how we're running this organization. I can take it. Cleveland GM John Dorsey can take it. We won't crack. I promise you. Oh, Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. Um, all right, look, I applaud um, the effort and the mindset that you want to keep ranks closed, that you don't want information out there that doesn't need to be out there. I think every head coach would probably subscribe to that. We're way past that day and age, bro. Like, there, there are too many... There are too many outlets. There's too too many ways to get information or to to give information. Like you cannot stop leaks. You can't. Like you're past that. That cat's out of the bag, bro. Yeah. There's no putting it back in the bag. And like I'd be real careful. I love when coaches do this. I don't know that you have full autonomy to fire whoever you want to fire, bro. That's not your job. 
Your job is to coach the football team, do you know? So, like, I, I again, I appreciate you and maybe behind closed doors saying to your team, hey, guys, look, a lot of distractions out there, right? This season is going to be a roller coaster ride. We got personalities. Even make light of it. Like, look, look at Odell over there. Like, he comes in. We got this, this, and this. There's already going to be enough uh, stuff around here. Right. Let's try to keep these ranks closed, all right? Let's try to let's try to be about our business and not be out in the national media as much as possible. But aside from that, you can't stop it. There's a couple of things for me. One, it sort of was a red flag saying, is this really a problem? Right, like if, right. And if that's a problem, then where is the team chemistry? Where is where is your mindset? So basically, if, if you're guys, distracted already. Yeah. Where, what does where that do say about you right. as an organization? The other thing I would say, and this is kind of echo your thought, every training camp, you know, your first meeting with the team, you go over schedule, you go over like your big picture mindset, and you go over a lot of rules, do it then right. in front of the team. Why do you air this to the media? Because then you bring that attention on you so that guys like you and I are talking about everybody and leading every show out there. Right. Everybody's giving their opinion now of Freddie Kitchens and the Browns and do they have a leak problem or not, which I think it's just unnecessary. Like you could have just said it to your team, threatened them, threatened your coaches, wherever you think it's coming from. Like even if, even but what I, might have come out about that. I know. That's what I don't, there. that's what I don't know either. Now they're, you the, got fools standing at podiums saying this stuff like you know what i mean like you've got baker at the right. podium he hasn't held back right. he's not doing like, anything anonymous leaking it he's putting a name on it correct which is what you would want to do um you never know locally what's going on if there was some story locally uh. that mary you know maybe mary, mary Kay cabot who writes for the cleveland dealer you know what it's like maybe she had some sources you never know what's going on in a local market if that was something that irked him that kind of set him off on this rant but again you just don't say it there so speaking of uh you know added pressure do you remember last year's hard knocks? Do you remember the offensive line coach from last year's staff, Bob Wiley? No. Older guy who had the big belly and he'd say, hut, hut, and his, his, like, his stomach would go up and down. Yeah. He was really like a character of the show. Right. Like he was, he was hilarious. Uh, he's not on the staff anymore. He's come out and has some interesting, uh, comments when he was on CBS Sports Radio with the Zach Gelb show and saying that, uh, former Cleveland quarterbacks coach Kenny Zampezi not Freddie Kitchens was largely responsible for the big turnaround and the offensive success they had. Oh, wow. So he's kind of, and maybe, see, I think you always have to consider the source, source. What he's not on the staff anymore. Yeah, maybe he's an probably accent, a little right? disgruntled, yep. but it does. Freddie Kitchens has been painted as this quarter, you know, offensive guru who have really helped them and Baker Mayfield set that rookie passing record where all of a sudden it's just one more question mark around this team that makes me look at him and say, all right, this thing's going to be a little interesting here. Well, you know? here's, yeah, no, I hear that 100%. I always think it's funny that coaches come out and, and in the language that he uses makes it sound like him and John Dorsey are like buddy buddies and co-running <laughs> an organization. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, listen, John Dorsey is running the organization and you are three losses in a row away from being on the block yourself right. on right. a hot seat, right? So right. be careful when you think that like you and John Dorsey are in lockstep exactly. running the organization. Yeah, you're not best buds. That's right. your boss right there. But I think this, uh, this Brown situation, I've said all, I think it's either to be boom or bust. Maybe they're as good as everybody thinks they are. Maybe Baker Mayfield continues on this trajectory. Yeah. Uh, but I also think there's a high potential for just this could be a drama. You know, drama filled season where you're hearing stuff like this and Odell and Jarvis, maybe they're not getting along. I just, it feels like it could implode right. because of some of these big personalities, but it'll be something we'll be on all season long. Um, depth charts, typically not a huge story for quarterbacks in camp because they're usually pretty set in stone. You've yeah. got your franchise guy, you've got a backup, and then maybe the third or fourth kind of cycle, you churn those over a little yeah. bit. Uh, the Redskins released theirs. 
Uh, Dwayne Haskins was listed third on their first depth chart that was released to the media. Case Keenum, uh, was on record saying, I didn't even know. Like I found out, uh, through the media that I was second. Like right. I, he didn't even know. No one told him. Colt McCoy is listed as number one. Uh, Jay Gruden was asked about it. He said, it's early and I was forced to make it. I wouldn't have, ha- have made a depth chart right now. There's no reason to it. It's silly, but that's for the media and for me to come up with and answer these questions. But really, that's all it is. Why are you forced to make it? That's a good question. Probably because their first preseason game is coming up. Yeah. And so for the opponent, they have to tell you what it is. Because I'm with, that was my first inclination too. Why not just have one A, one B, one C? Right. What, you know, or do something where just say slash, slash. Correct. You don't have a depth chart like you're saying. But I, my hunch is that it's for the preseason. You have to have it by game time. Who is this going to be where? Ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. Like if there's a Redskins fan who's thinking, man, does this mean Dwayne Haskins is behind the eight ball or he's not up to speed? It means absolutely nothing. You what? know, when I remember looking at these depth charts and we were always told, hey, this is what we're going to do. Sometimes it was great. Hey, I'm going to name you the starter. I was like, yeah, yeah. like it was great feeling. Other times it was, hey, you're third this week. And it's strictly because of reps, but in the back of my mind, I knew, uh oh, like if I'm third, like what is that? Uh, is that am I yeah, making the roster or not? This well, is bad, and you know, get my head. There are real implications there, right? Like when you when you start, no, but I mean, like if if let's say you get a little further into camp, yes, and you're still third, fourth on a depth chart, yep. I mean, you are now worrying about whether you're going to yes, my roster or not. my guess is that this is their week one preseason depth chart, right? Week two. Because this is how it works in these quarterback competitions. Because you, it's it's definitely an f- unfair advantage if you get all the reps with the number ones, right? You got the best wide receivers, you got the best offensive linemen. You know, there's just there's a better situation. Usually, you're going against the number twos on defense. Yeah. So you have a huge edge there. Right. Um, but they want to be fair if it truly is a competition. So they'll say, "All right, Colt McCoy, you get the ones this week. Okay. You're going to be demoted. You're going to go three next week. Got it. Let Haskins go. So it'll be interesting to see as that quarterback list, the depth chart turns over. That's my hunch. Is that this all it is? Is hey, McCoy, you're you're going to get the first shot at it, the first crack at it this week. But yeah. ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. Let me let's get out of the depth chart business for yeah. a quick second. Let me ask you because we we talked about the Dolphins with uh, Josh Rosen, obviously, and uh, yep. uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is similar, um, not the same, but similar. What do you think this should look like for Washington on a season? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Dwayne, sh- should he be your guy? You know what you got in Case Keenum. You know you got in Colt McCoy, right? Yep. Like, should it be Dwayne's off the bat? Should you go with an older guy, gives you a better chance to win? If it doesn't work out, then you slide Dwayne in there and get him some reps towards the end of the season. Does he sit a whole year a la um, Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes like, I wish there was a, a formula, Yeah, but there isn't, which is why the quarterback is such a tricky position to manage. For different guys, it's totally different. Right. You know, like Peyton Manning was thrown right out to the Wolves week one. They were awful. He threw a bunch of interceptions, and they kind of made it go. You know, in the last few years, you've seen other circumstances. Uh, Sam Darnold started week one, you know, right off the bat, was fine. Uh, other guys, you know, Carson Wentz started great. Uh, you know, sometimes it goes great, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Troy Aikman was one in 15, got bashed around. Other guys sit and wait, come in a couple games like Baker Mayfield last sure. year. Remember, he's the Tyrod Taylor started the first two games and they made the switch. That is my hunch. If you look at the Redskins schedule, it is an absolute gauntlet early. So they're first, they go on the road, um, on the road to Philly, mm-hmm. which is going to be a good team. Best, yeah. probably one of the better teams in the division. Then they have the home against the Cowboys, another really good team. Then week three, they have the Bears, maybe the nastiest, filthiest defense in the NFL with Khalil Mack coming off the edge. Here's what I would love to see happen. Week three, 
on the road against the Giants by the team that snubbed Dwayne Haskins and passed over him right. uh, for that, you know, to go ahead and take, uh, um, you know, Daniel Jones. I would love to see that happen from a revenge perspective. Right. But I also think there's some where, hey, what's the advantage of throwing him out there early? Yeah. You know, and hey, if you go, let's say you shock the world and you go three and oh, and it was Colt McCoy was starting, you keep rolling. Right. Roll with him. Right. If you're one and two and Jay Gruden's coaching for his job, which he is, then you make the switch and you say, all right, we're going to go with the rook and give him a chance. Yeah. And then you kind of buy yourself a little bit of time. That would be my guess and kind of what I hope for, uh, to see what happens in Washington. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. And that was your news in 90, and it was clean, bro. Well done. You deserve a raise Thank again. You. Again. Just go ask for raise. it. Go do it. Uh, very good at your anchorman Thank skills. You, I feel like I'm a totally different person when I read those things, too. I know. For those like behind the scenes, you're listening to the podcast, so we have these updates at this hour and uh, news in 90, and it is full-on anchorman. I'm going to bless him with like, one. Let me bless him with one. Yeah, let's see, let's see how it goes. All right. The Baltimore Ravens traded guard Alex Lewis to the Jets for a conditional 2027th round pick. Lewis started 10 games for Baltimore last season, but missed the start of training camp because of offseason shoulder surgery. Outstanding. Thank well you. done. No hiccups. Very smooth. Oh. Now, here's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you could tell you were reading? Probably. Because I can't ever tell. And I try, like, sometimes I'll feel like, I'm like, boom, I nailed it. Yeah. And I'll ask, like, a producer or somebody who's listening, and they're like, oh, you could totally tell. Like, it wasn't natural. I'm like, well, how are you supposed to get natural? And the only way, like, the best in the best, the best in the yeah. business, yeah. They don't read them. They'll just have like nuggets. I, and then you make up your own thought of the storyline. You know what I mean? Like, right. so if it says so and so, all you I've would do I've seen Casey is, and Tommy do that on the, on the thing, well, on the, pros. on the thing. They're pros. All right. Yeah. Gonna, let me give you another one. <laughs> all right. Give me another one. Right. Are you going to read or are no, you going to No, I'm, I'm going to try to conversation. Make it your own words. I know. Yeah. All right. So number one basketball recruit in the class of 2020 is headed to USC. Uh, five star center Evan Mobley committed to the Trojans on Monday afternoon. He's going to have a lot of family support there in Troy. His older brother Isaiah is also a five star recruit. Uh, he'll be a freshman in the fall. And then his dad, Eric, is an assistant on any infill staff. Boom. Look at that. See, that sounded Boom. a little more, that almost sounded like you knew him. I like, knew it, like, right? Oh, yeah, like, by the way. Let me his tell you dad, story real yeah, quick. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's the key to getting that. Right, there we go. What happens when you don't know anything about it? <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Uh, if you, you should like send that resume tape. You could send it around. And you be chop like, that hey, up. Debo. Extra gig. Reading like the Sunday night sports on the local uh, CBS channel. You're good. Rose it. <laughs> That's my guy. My guy. My too. guy, Joe Rose. Um, our buddy Will Brinson had a piece out. It mm-hmm. is that time of year. You know, you're looking for storylines, yeah. what to do to preview the NFL season. And, um, coaches on the hot seat. It's such a cliche. Yeah. And I hate doing it because as a player, you'd hear this and be like, coaches are players on the bubble. Coach on that. You just roll your eyes. You're like, right. oh, great. You never want to be on that spot. Right. Uh, I think he has completely missed number one and number two. I think those should be flip-flopped without question. Jay Gruden, to me, is on the hottest seat. He's been around the longest of this list at the top. Uh, five years in the league, 35 and 44. 
Not much to show for it. Playoff experience. Had Now, he's got the thing going for him. Injuries at quarterback. But now he's starting a rookie quarterback. It's kind of like, all right, you've got to show this year. Doug Marone at number one on the list. Just three seasons. They were in the playoffs yeah. not that long ago. And Correct. They, to, they were Almost you know, up 14 at yeah. three in New England with a chance to win that game. But I think all of these, cause I, I had, I did this drill. Debo was asking us like, who do you think is on the hot seat? I said, Jay Gruden, easy for me, number one. Lack of playoff success. It shows you though, when you look at Dan Quinn, third on Will Brinson's list, another guy who was in the Super Bowl not that yeah. long ago. But, I, I agree with him. Jason Garrett, consistently in the playoffs, not able to get over that hump. Now his is a, hey, it's been nine years. You Have we seen your max? Have we seen your ceiling? Which to me, it does feel like it is. With, Jay, uh, with Jason Garrett. Back to Jay Gruden, though. NRA's sixth season, only one playoff appearance. And for me, a lot of it does hinge on what do you get from Dwayne Haskins? Can you maximize that? Can you? But from like you look at their win total, Vegas win total, all of it, I, I think he's done after this year. Really? Well, here, Maybe not even through the full season, you know? Well, look, if you're, look you, you've been there for six seasons and you're a sub-500 team. Um, at some point, like your record speaks for itself. Like you are what you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they use that in sports all the time. You are what your record says you are. You, that's what you are. Uh, but here's the only, I, I tend to agree with you that he might not see the end of this season. There would be one condition in which I, I would keep him. And that was what you just talked about. If you wind up uh, with Dwayne Haskins out there, um, and it's clear that he has a way with Dwayne Haskins, right? Yep. For whatever reason, like yeah. there's a rapport there with Dwayne Haskins. You're 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 seeing the maturation process like unfold right before your eyes. The trajectory looks good. If he is a friend, so to speak, to to Dwayne Haskins, and that is cultivating that position for you, yep. which ultimately you have to get right to be where you want to be as a franchise, then I could see him living through it. You know what I mean? But if you roll out there and you're bad, and Dwayne is a like. You know, floundering sometimes and looking good other times. He's probably right, bro. So Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, I think he's easily influenced. Um, I think he was probably an influence of why they selected Dwayne Haskins. I think if Dwayne Haskins went in and like went to bat for Jay Gruden and said, hey, he's my guy. I feel like we're in the right direction. Right. That could save him. Uh, but I also think on the other hand, it could go the other way too. If Dwayne, and, and that's a really tricky spot for a rookie to be in. If Daniel Snyder called him his office and said, hey, what do you think? Yeah. Like, are you going to have the you, cojones to say, oh, he's awful. I want him out. You should, maybe, maybe you should be bringing you should, as a, as, as an owner or executive rookie should, you shouldn't be taking a rookie. Agree. Like, but I do think that's the type of owner. I think he would see it as player friendly. Hey, I'm going to listen to this voice and see what he, you know, see what he boys, thinks of him. supposed to be a it senior is, in college, man. I, I agree. I agree with you. I think it would be foolish to do so. You got to make tough decisions and stick by them. But I could absolutely see that playing out. The other thing that bothers me as far as Dwayne Haskins development, you know, I was saying, Hey, week four, I'd love to see him play against the yeah. Giants. I think you absolutely manage this situation differently if your job is on the, on the line. Like if you're, if you're Jay Gruden. Yep. Cause we were saying, Hey, week one, I think it's the best way to learn is through the fire, mm-hmm. right? Like if who cares who you're playing, if you know that's your quarterback for the future and you, you've kind of, you've drafted him, you know, in the first round, you're saying, all right, here's our guy, get him out there and it might be ugly. But you're going to get the ugly out of the way for yeah. the longer term benefit. Can't afford that. See, I don't. That's why I don't. That's why I do think Jay Gruden would say, you know what? Let me go with the safer option, yeah. a guy who's been around, a safe in case. Keep not going to turn it over. Let yeah. me go with one of those guys. And then when you make the switch later in the season, if it's week eight, week nine, then you're kind of saying you kind of buy yourself a new hope. So right. to speak, like if the first half of the season looked atrocious, then you switch to Dwayne Haskins. You don't even care if you win necessarily. It's does Dwayne Haskins look good enough to save my job? Yeah, and it's sort of a kind of a, a, a wild card right. in a lot of these coaching the, situations. Yeah. Uh, what about, and sorry to cut you off, but the Jason Garrett situation, yep. I, I, 
I mean, that's 10 seasons. He's been a playoff three times. I mean, he's, I think with Amari Cooper, this year's going to be huge for him, right? Yep. But, but talk to me about Mike Zimmer because he's, you know, he too. Let me just, just kick, let me just kick, let me just kick on, J- on right. Jason Garrett real All quick. Right. The reason it's huge is they are looking at building their future around Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and maybe even possibly Amari, Amari Cooper if right. they can keep ball on the, on the salary cap. Um, you're going to marry your future to those guys. Then, then the question becomes, do you want to marry it to them with Jason Garrett? Right. My only thing with Jason Garrett is have you tapped out for whatever reason? They have not been able to punch through there. They have not been able to get through the next level and say, all right, let's take this thing deep in the playoffs. Let's win a playoff game. Let's get to an NFC championship game. That would be my concern. And I do feel like Jerry Jones is an owner who looked and a GM who looks at it and says, I am in it to win Super Bowls, not to make playoff appearances. If they don't make a considerable run this season, I think it would be Jason Garrett. Hey, you're done. I need to make a splash and then give my guys that I'm building this franchise around yeah. a better, you know, a, a someone who can take them to that. Net. What it's are almost the, like uh, what are the knocks? It's almost like the Warriors with Mark Jackson. Yeah, remember like when Mark yeah, Jackson? Absolutely, was there, the Warriors were good. They were good. They were a playoff team, but then you're like, man, is it enough? And so they make the switch to Steve Kerr, yeah. and maybe he gets some undue credit for this sometimes. No, but you, he takes right. him to that next level. I was going to ask because typically I judge teams. You've been there ten years, and it's not working, and you're not good. Right. You're going to have some teams quit on you. Yeah. Like the Cowboys have never quit on Jason. True. Even when things look bad, they still fight down to the end of seasons and stuff. And there's got to be some credit given for that. But to your point, I think the Warriors all liked Mark Jackson. He just wasn't the guy. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. really disliked him or quit playing for him. They just needed a fresh voice and a new set of ideas. Marty Schottenheimer. Over the hump. Marty Schottenheimer, longtime NFL coach, had a really illustrious uh, career at a couple different spots. Had a firm belief, like a personal belief, that after 10 years, your message gets stale. Okay. And you should just, yeah. you know, whether you, whether you're having success or not, you know, that's easier to say when you're on the outside or when you're getting fired to say, hey, 10 years, I'm going to bounce. Yeah. You saw that happen with Green Bay. Mike McCarthy was there a long time, won a Super Bowl, just got stale. Him and Aaron Rodgers kind of butted heads and you yeah. don't see Jason Garrett butting heads with anybody. Maybe it's just stale. And right. It's just, you know, change to make a change. But if you do that, as you do in any coaching change, you better make sure you have a better option. Right. Like, hey, is that, exactly. Yeah. You better make sure because those getting the playoffs is great. You know, like right. all of a sudden you miss them for three years and like, what do we do? Um, Mike Zimmer for the Vikings, another one I kind of had highlighted off that list. I think it's a unique situation for him entering his sixth season, winning record, two playoff appearances. I don't think he should be as high on this list as he was on Will Brinson's list. One play away from the Super Bowl. I know, right? Yeah. Insane yeah. how crazy it has been for him. New quarterback. A lot of this does hinge on my boy Kirk Cousins. Like, you think, you think I'm a fan of his. You hit your Mike wagon Zimmer, to that, Mike Zimmer. The biggest uh, <laughs> fan of his uh, out there. And they're trying to shore up that offensive line. Drafted that specifically to try to bolster that up, get him some. But their defense, which he has hung his hat on, is something that needs to get back to that kind of top-tier level defense. And I do, I do think that's something that Kirk Cousins needs as well. Like, he's a quarterback he's good, but he needs some help around him, needs that solid defense. If you give him that, they can take it to the next level right. there. So Mike Zimmer, another one to watch out for. But I, it's, it's, we're going to be talking about some of these guys in week four, week five, saying, uh-oh, there's some rumblings. Does this guy make yeah, sure. the season? Probably my bet is on Jake Gruden. The other thing I think that's hilarious about this, you know who else agrees with me, Jake Gruden hottest? Vegas. They have uh, they have to, uh, odds on who the first coach fired is going to be. Jay Gruden plus three hundred. Matt Patricia, the Lions, who was also on this list, and I agree because his first year was disastrous, especially the way he handled the media. Plus one thousand. New York Giants coach Pat Shermer is plus one thousand. Bill O'Brien. We didn't talk about him on the Texans. Plus twelve hundred. 
he's had a long leash. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, and again, like a team with some expectations. Can you get them to the next level? And some of these guys too, abrasive with the media never helps things. Yeah. You know, like, so it'll be interesting. We'll keep you uh, up to date on those throughout the year. Welcome back to Kinnell and Bell. So Raj and I just during the uh, break, we're talking about our kids. I have dreaded the kind of moment oh. this was going to happen. Oh. I feel like it's happening before my eyes. Um, I have three girls. They're beautiful in yeah. my eyes. I think yeah. they're beautiful. They're, they're good looking, great. Good. good thank goodness they yes. took after my, uh, my wife. Um, boys have started to catch the attention of a couple of them. It's always been cute before, but my 12 year old all of a sudden feel like she's got something a little bit more than a friend. It's like uh, a crush. Yeah. But with the advent of texting and it, it's just the constant source of, all right, like, how am I going to manage this? Yes. I have not given her a phone yet. She has a flip phone that yeah. she can't communicate on. And this is exactly why I didn't so want her on a phone on? on her flip phone. Oh. She's texting back and forth. But it got to the point now where we were on vacation. We were out there. And every day they were checking in. Like, that's to me when I was like, oh, like, this isn't a, hey, when you're around or every couple days, like, if you want to hang out or whatever. This is... Checking in, Tabs are being building, re- building relationships, yeah, nah. like, you know, emotional nah. bonds are being formed. Nah. I was trying to tell her. It just, I knew this day was coming. I'm yeah. just dreading it. I, it was way sooner than I thought too. And I don't, I haven't even met the dude yet. I don't, like, I'm going to get, I, I got to get him over. That's and scary I, for me. Like, you know, my little girl's only three years old. Right. So she's your like, youngest. Yeah. I have the three boys. Right. And whether it's fair or not, my wife and I argue about this all the time. I don't really look at their relationships with the same level of concern. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if that was my baby girl right now, yeah. I would be flipping out. Right. Like I would be like, listen, dude, whoever, the, however you are, like my wife's going to hate me when she gets, <laughs> she is, she's going to hate me, dude. So yeah, I'm in trouble with that one. Trying to manage that one. A little bit stressed out over that. I think I'm just going to take the phone just away. Just no tabs, dude. Like right now, just be buddies. Like you're 12. Exactly. Like, you and she's be... starting a new school yeah. that he goes to. Keep it cash. You don't want to have a boy. You don't want to be no, locked no, down. No, no, like no. Now you got options. But, but so here's the thing. If you tell them not to do something, you know what that means. They want to do it more. Absolutely. So I'm trying to be laid back and cool right. about it, but uh, it's not very cool. Uh, John Wall, I don't think he's very cool either. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good segue or not. Uh, not an awful one right there. Uh, coming off his Achilles injury, he uh, had some interesting comments. He did a long uh, piece with The Athletic. They had right. a feature on him. Uh, we asked a bunch of question marks, including talking about his legacy you mentioned the third person there was a lot of third person references in there but when he was asked specifically about a legacy he said you win a ring nobody is going to talk about that years down the road but if you build a legacy in a place that's going to go on for a long time uh has he listened to any talk radio any opinion show anything that's taken place any conversation about sports that's taken place over the last decade because the only thing we do and probably to a fault is look at how many rings do you have? Correct. I, I I feel like I feel like he's like right and wrong. Like in this in this this sentence, he both got it right and got it wrong. Right? Like because he got that part wrong. You win a ring, nobody's going to talk about that. Years down the road, you couldn't be more wrong. Like right? People are going to talk about that if you brought their city a championship, especially if you're in a place that hasn't won a championship in a long time. Yeah, you will forever be talked about in that. Does city. he have that yet in Washington? Uh, no. No. So why are we? That. And has he been close? Not, no, not really. Uh, not, not, no. <laughs> but if he, he got this part right, if you build a legacy in a place for a long time, there can also be like a long time love affair with the city. Like it's one of the things that I regret about my career that I didn't have a chance to do, which was be associated with a place, right? And always have a home there within an organization or within the city. Like you're, you're a city's one of their favorite sons at that point. So I feel like he got this both right and wrong. I don't know if that's like possible, but he did. 
I uh, I totally hear you on the feeling like you're a part of something because I played in three different teams, never really established myself longer than three years. Right. You get some nice relationships, but nothing where you have roots. Um, there is something to be said about that where you feel like it's a part. It's an extended family sure. of sorts. Always, I've always jealous of guys who are able to do that. Hey, I have this ticket guy, or I have this. You know, I know I'll be set up, or they invite you back to come back for certain ceremonies. Yeah, like, it's just like you. It's it's a it's a really nice luxury to have if you play your career there. We're hijacking. You know, some of them you don't even have to be that good. No, but like if you just, you just like if you were a good backup at some places, it's in football. I'm not gonna. Yes, go go. No, I was gonna say like you know if you're a successful backup, you can kind of become like a cult status hero correct know? yeah i'm not gonna say any nba guys names but there's there are a lot no they they, they they're not like the greatest <laughs> nba players like right. they'd be below average but they they stay on a team they wind up there and that's like it's a home base for them like you know they're does it like, bother you a little bit i th- no no not <laughs> about those guys game really well not, not about those guys necessarily like the jealousy thing is interesting <laughs> right because i've never counted anybody's money or anything like that right the one thing that i envy at times is is that like I was always visiting, like do you know right. what I mean? Like I was always transient, and I was a journeyman, which is fine. I made a great career out of it for me and my family, but I do like that part. I am envious of some guys for having that relationship with a city and with the fan base, and kind of being accepted as theirs. Do you know what I mean? And I, sure. I felt like I was one year away a lot of instances from that. Yep. You know, and then for whatever reason it didn't work out. But it, so it's it's really weird because it's never really been about me counting somebody's money. It's more it's more like damn man, I really wish like. Like I was a favorite, like I was a Phoenix Sun. Like when people yeah. said your name, like you were a Phoenix Sun. You know right. what I mean? Like I've never had that. Right. I'll have some people ask me, like the guy at, uh, at Tory Pines who like came out. I was like, who, I, like I'm signing my name. I don't know if I put like go Giants, right. go Knowles, Correct. go Bron- Like I don't know what he's thinking because I'm like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> right. so I never know what's put so I don't put anything. Um, do you think John Wall will be able to recover his image this is from Debo. He's popped in here with us. Yeah. From his, uh, from his contract, which is, you know, we always, you know, we talk about Chris Paul a lot, but you're like, man, this John Wall contract is one of the worst ever out there too. Uh, is he able to kind of get past that and people see him as worth the type of money that he's going to make? Um, as you look at some of the war- the highest paid contracts, uh, annually, 42 wow. million, same as John, uh, James Harden, just barely above Russell Westbrook. But these other players that you're looking at, top five players in the NBA without question, John Wall, not even close right now anyway. Well, you know, this is a tough one because John was um, an electric player, electrifying player when he when he played. Like when when he was healthy, he checked a lot of boxes in terms of what what you would want a star guard to do. Um, you know, it never really translated into a high high level of winning for one reason or another. I'm not placing all the blame on John Wall, um, but purely from a what do you have a torn uh, Achilles? Yeah, that's. That's the tough one, right? Like this contract before the injury, I don't think I really had any beef with it. It was a large contract, but a lot of guys got large contracts. He, he was a large player. He was a really productive, um, highly athletic NBA guard. You could say, you know, maybe he didn't deserve the same amount of money that, that James Harden did, but he wasn't going to get much less than that. Do you know what I mean? Like he was in that conversation for getting that type of money. Uh, after the Achilles, I have no idea, Danny. Because right. a guard whose who's game is based quickness. on quickness, explosive movement, getting from point A to point B, above the rim. John Wall was an above-the-rim type of player. You don't get all of that back. I've said it about Kevin Durant and any other player in any other sport. You don't get all of that back. How What percentage of it you get back determines whether or not he can live up to this contract. I would doubt it. He made a comment here about social media, and I don't believe it when he or anybody else says it. 
Uh, he was asked about some of the negativity on social media. And he said, no, I love it. It fuels me. Yeah. Whenever I hear just even that little bit of it, and he goes on and explains like, hey, 2016, 2017 is my best year. I averaged this. John Wall is a top two point. Now he's talking about the greater conversation. He's right, a top two right, point right. guard. Yeah. Uh, but whenever a guy says he's paying attention to haters, I just can't. I get the chip on the shoulder. But if you're referencing social media and you're paying attention to the negativity that comes out of there, I never think it's a good thing. You yeah. know, it's just, it just, it's just, call me kind of a little bit crazy with this one, but like I'm a big, and I try to preach this to my kids all the time, like stay positive. positive you gotta look vibes. at the right side. If there's just this constant drag on you every, and I, I fall victim to it sometimes myself when there are people coming in my mentions saying, Hey, you're stupid. You're an idiot. If I spend too much time, it'll put me in a bad mood. Sure. Like it just brings me down and I would have to think it's similar for players nowadays. If you just hear that constant, constant drag down, it's just gotta be a bummer. Stay out of your mentions. Yes. Real, real talk. Stay out of your, your comments. Uh, yesterday we were on air. Um, and in between I got a, an alert on my Instagram, which is private but one of my friends screen grabbed the video of of us talking about lebron yeah and so then he put it up on his story like it started getting put up on everyone's story yesterday so there were like i was, <laughs> was getting this these, uh the aau one yes so i was I getting a it. lot of alerts on my instagram because people had he tagged me yeah so people had found out what my instagram <laughs> name was so like i naturally click over to see what's going on and Hater, i'm immediately in the mentions right <laughs> and i'm like oh dude this is not a good like i don't like that so i'm immediately like instagram I didn't even look at it yesterday because I don't want to see that. Right? It's that was one of your up. best segments. I'm like, too. I love that. I don't want to be. I loved it not only because I agreed with you, yeah. but you were passionate about it, and <laughs> I thought you put, you made a really good case. And both of us said that LeBron is a good dad. It's separate from that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I thought we were really fair in the conversation. Yeah, but exactly. To your, to your point about John Wall not being in his mentions, like. I quickly got a couple like negative ones on my phone and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I, I don't want anymore. Exactly. I'm good. I don't want to be in that. I go down the rabbit hole and just keep going. I'm like, Oh, geez, this is bad. Um, so good stuff. Stay off social media. That's our, uh, our, uh, advice for you. So welcome back to Canelo and Bell lists. How do you feel about like all decade teams or hall of fame? Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't get too that. fired up about them. I get some people do. It feels like it's that conversation that is had in a barbershop or guys yeah. just cutting it up or sometimes I've always been like, eh, if the guy's good, he's good. Like I, I don't get too much into the semantics of, oh, this guy got robbed. It's something to do. Yes. Like, it is. That's like, I mean, exactly. You're right. hanging out with your buddies, uh, drinking a few beers. You start talking about it. Uh, I prefer the goat debate, LeBron, Jordan. I think it's more, you know, but it's one of those conversations people like to have. Uh, so the all, uh, decade teams mm-hmm. put out by NBA.com uh, starting from 2009, uh, 2010 season. First team, Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, some of the biggest names in the sport on the first team. Not anybody really shocking to me on this one. Was there anyone on this yeah. first team yeah. that you thought well, should or should not be on You there? look at those numbers there, right, and you look at the all-star appearances, points per game and all that, there's one that doesn't doesn't look like the rest. Your boy Kawhi? Yeah. Now I don't. It's a recency bias. It, I think it is a recency bias, and that's okay. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I got it. But if you were going to look at all of those numbers and then some of the other guys in these lists numbers, um, Kawhi, I think you probably go because he was a two-time probably playoff MVP in that span, maybe. Yep. 
and uh, or, or or Finals MVP, and he's got two rings. But that would be one that I could make an argument for. Then the second team, you've got Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, two guys in there I feel like are living a little bit on their reputations. I would put Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony. Now, some of this I do think recency bias works in one way for Kawhi Leonard because we're just seeing how good he was, you know, coming off a championship. Right. Some of this I think hurts because Carmelo has been kind of outcast and his, his play has sort of dropped off dramatically. Over the last, yeah. Over the last couple years same thing with Chris Paul but I do feel like like a guy like D Wade is on the third team I would say D Wade is a guy I would put over Chris Paul for sure any way you look at it with championships all pro whatever way you whatever metric you want to choose yeah I think D Wade it's also like recency bias is also hurting him just because the last few years he's yes. been in such a reduced like role mm-hmm. um but yeah for for the early part of that decade that's what's always hard when you're going through the decade cuz some of these guys are just coming into their prime some right. of them are tailing off and like yeah so D Wade just you know it all starts for for all NBAs 20 points per game you you can make an argument for second team I'd make an argument and I think the numbers would support it strongly that you could substitute Russell Westbrook for Kawhi Leonard in that first team. Like Russell Westbrook's done stuff, like whether you love him or not, whether you think he's a, a, a an ultimate champion or not, or winner or not, you can't argue with 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 average and triple doubles. There's only one other guy to do that. <laughs> right. This guy's done it for two seasons in a row now. He's all eight All NBA teams, eight All Stars, twenty three point eight point seven. Like I, I sound like a Russell Westbrook apologist, but I think you could make an argument that he could be bumped up as well as D Wade bumped up. All right, so your comments uh, made some waves about LeBron James, and you know, at his uh, son's AAU game. Yeah, you want to you want to get some people fired up? <laughs> no. What, <yeah. laughs> what do you What do you think about Kobe on the third team? Because Kobe makes this list, and I'm, you're thinking, all right, how long has he been out? He's been yeah. out a few years, but. He was his uh, championship was in that first year of this list, and he still know. did have several years that were really productive. Then it dropped off really bad in a hurry when yeah. he tore his Achilles and had some injuries, and then his career ended. Um, not playing, you know, three or four years of this decade, seven seasons. Do you have a problem with Kobe being on this list? Oh, come on, no. just say it. Oh, I, no, don't. You can't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, he's a goat. Yeah. I mean, you, you. Real talk. Like you're talking about MJ. You're talking about Kobe. Uh, you know the. The, the magics, the birds, like he is in the he's in the conversation, man. He is so if if a guy like that like, touches your decade and he wins a title in your decade, he's on the team, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so ultimately, was there a a more golden era for Kobe? Yes, it right. would have been the decade before that, where he would have been like clearly in his prime. But you know, I have my beats with Kobe, but me and Kobe are cool. I'm not crazy. Right. Like a dude like that is in your conversation. He gets gifted, even if even if it is a gift, and I'm not saying it is. He should be in there. So you kind of disappointed me. Like, I know you wanted me to go off. We'll the see. Rails. I like, wanted, our, like we want Canel and Bell to go viral again. Like, no, I'm gonna tell make you this. Some waves. We did wind shares. Like you put the wind shares up. Yeah. What were the wind shares again? Hey, Debo. What were the wind shares <laughs> for me and Kobe in the decade? Oh, what do we got? <laughs> yeah. 30, what? Thirty-seven for Kobe in the decade, and then thirty-three for Raj in his career. So look at that right there on his I'm ears. right there, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like not that big of a Where's difference, the love right? For you on that wind shares? <laughs> I didn't know what wind shares mean me either <laughs> over this one. Um, so yeah, you, but you gotta do, you gotta give, give, give me some more on that. Alright, it's um, gotta be organic. That was forced. Yeah, exactly. Let me go off on some. I, you, can we get back to the LeBron debate though real quick? Yeah. I thought we were very fair. I, do, I, I totally agree. Here's a problem I think happens, and I noticed this, a bunch of people did this. They don't even take time to watch the video. They just All grab they the, see, Cause I definitely put a comment on my feed. Yeah. Where I was like, "Hey, enough of the bronze crap!" Like, <laughs> I want to get them spurred oh, up so a you're little bit. Up. I got it. I got but it. But 
But but hopefully my hope was once they watch it they would yeah. see a rational reasonable take where we weren't hating on anybody not watching it right or so that or if they do maybe they only get the first two minutes but I right. I thought it was a perfectly reasonable acceptable take where there was no, no hating going on because look some of the people ran with it that are out there and kept going back to it and back to it and back to it because it got them some notoriety, which I don't ever want to be that. Like, I think that's one thing I pride our show, our podcast on is that we give our takes, whether you like them or not, there's never going to be something that's formulated or created just to have a debate exactly, or just to create, you know, some news. But I felt like it was a good discussion and it's something we're both passionate about youth sports and it tied in one of the greatest to ever play the game and how he, intera- he interacts with his kids. Yep. All of it. Although I do have a follow-up. Okay. I had some people, cause you were at an AAU tournament yeah. in Virginia. Yeah. The basketball tournament LeBron was in where he did chest bump his kid and was out in the court was an AAU tournament in Las Vegas. Yep. A couple people did say Raja was wrong mm-hmm. because he said AAU is not like that. They said it is like an and one mixtape tour. At least the one in Vegas was over the weekend where there was constantly celebrating people running on the court, kind of going crazy where LeBron was just one of many. So I didn't see the video. Right. Anyone else. And I haven't either because no one else is going to get video because they're not LeBron. If I had seen that and that was the environment in which he was operating, then clearly I would have no problem because one of my points was you don't see anyone else doing that. Right. Right. So if everyone was doing that and that was the atmosphere of, of that tournament, although I've never really been to an AAU tournament where that's what they're doing. And this was, again, this was kind of the bigger, the bigger picture of, of, of what I was doing. Like AAU is used and it's supposed to be used as, 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 you know, a vehicle at times for some of these kids to, to get recruited, right? Like yeah. so if it's a live period, now they have the EYBL and the Adidas gauntlet and like the Under Armour, you know, whatever they have, but you know, Coaches are also at some of these things, especially when you're 15, like 16, like they might be in there creeping into C. And so I just don't love not LeBron. This is not LeBron specific. Right. This is like basketball gyms. Like don't take away from any of those kids ability to be seen by somebody by turning it into some kind of like, you know, event that it's not supposed to be like it's a basketball game. Right. And right. so that had nothing to do with LeBron. That, that was, that's, that's like, you know, anybody who would have been out there running on the court, I would have said that about. That's the other thing, because a couple of people came at, at me with those comments, yeah. and I said, just because LeBron does it or is doing it doesn't make it right, you right. know, or right, right. anybody. If if everybody was doing it, now, granted, there are some playgrounds, you know, no. Rucker Park or wherever. Yes, those- then it is kind of informal. But if there's uh, my my line, I would always draw if there are officials. Correct. Like, that's no, me. That's if there good. are officials officiating the game with a score clock, that's when you kind of tighten it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I like agree. Like, they're keeping score. There's a championship at stake. Yeah. It's a tournament. Like, that's when you probably – No, that team, like, I want to be fair to that team. I said it. I think they, they're dope. Oh, yeah. Like, those cats are – they yeah. they're really, really You didn't tough. say they anything go, that was that – hard. You weren't hating on them or anybody else. Yeah. Oh, but anyway. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, you know we're going to do a special on? Diet. We talk about it a lot. Oh, bro. Look Andre at Drummond hey, has a diet down off the that screen, we're bro. both going to manipulate. Sweet pits, though. We got to talk. I called you out, bro. You got me, bro. We're going to be back. You're, all your dieting <laughs> advice here tomorrow on Canel and Bell. <laughs>